Welcome in to Zorn Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Braden, and I am joined by the lovely pineapple from down south, the guy who's happier than a bee in a, well, a trailer shop. But uh, yeah, we're uh, joined by Alan Pena today, and uh, yeah, you got me, Braden, or uh, 22 Claudius, depending on your persuasion. Uh, but let's get going today, Alan. How you doing? Well, I've been pretty good. Uh, sun is shining. The weekend is here. Um, you can't ask anybody anything better than that. Just, just having a good time so far. I mean, that's all you can ask for. Can you believe it's Friday once again? Yes, Friday. Friday is just one of those, one of those days that, oh, thank goodness. Let's go. The good, the good, the good day of the week, Friday, and you just leave early for work. You do pretty much nothing or slows down and go do your thing. Yeah, buddy. You know, it's uh, great to be back. Friday is a one day, wonderful day. Nice day to relax and be calm, especially after the eventful day I had yesterday. Uh, I uh, was making breakfast for my wife and I. And while I uh, accidentally decided I was going to cut, slice uh, into my finger. So uh, we went to uh, the health center here on campus. They didn't stitch me up as there was nothing no stitching site they could use however instead they just kind of what they could and made everything go back and basically kind of what they said carterized it yeah so uh we'll uh put a warning in there for uh our listeners that's kind of a little graphic (laughs) and might be giving people queasy thoughts so i won't go too far into it no i am fine everything is fine uh but yeah so that that was an eventful day didn't go to work yesterday. Um, I don't necessarily, I wasn't feeling so hot afterwards. Uh, my wife said I looked kind of pale when they let her into the room after they were all done with uh, bandaging me up and everything. So uh, oh. she she and I decided it probably wasn't a good idea for me to go to work. But uh, yeah, so uh, that was my eventful day yesterday. Um, took took a, had a fun little day and you know, it's, starting to heal up uh alan you saw the picture it don't look too pretty though <laughs> no yeah and i'm not gonna ask you to show that to our audience I'm not no i wouldn't even that, think of that but, but um i'm glad you're 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 healed up i know what that injury looks like um i've had it before a cut but it heals a couple days but glad that it's healing up that's all i have to say about that i'm happy that you're healed happy and especially for your wife who will not look pale after going through seeing you go through this so we're good to go on that that's that's awesome well my wife wasn't the one that was pale i was the one that was pale so uh (laughs) oh okay good to know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we'll we should clear that up real quick um but yeah so uh alan we we got a fun topic today we've been promoting this episode for quite a while um and everything but you know like how you doing today? You know, do you got anything you want to mention before we get right into it? Uh, yeah, before we get right into it, um, uh, normally we don't like to start in in circumstances like this, but um, obviously due to the events that happened mm. uh, right where Brendan and I we've we've worked there, uh, not for the school, but. We've worked in the city of Rigby, Idaho. Uh, we've we've seen each other many times. He worked him working at the grocery store in Brolems, at Brolems, and then myself working 
right behind Brolem's, it's called Journeys, which is I used to work with kids with autism, take them out to the community, and hearing the shooting that happened, another school shooting um, that it could have been tragic. However, luckily, uh, three people were injured, including the the janitor, and um, nobody. It wasn't bad, but I can imagine for those that went through it, uh, it it's difficult. Um, it's it's something that I don't think nobody um, couldn't imagine happening in a city like Rigby, so small and full of great people that we both met. And and really, my prayer, our prayers and shout-outs um, from Soren Sports and Pineapple 22 Media are to the families of of those and to those that were injured. Um, you're you're in our prayers. You're in our hearts. Uh, this is something that that's been going on for years, but. All I, I, all I can say about Rigby and knowing both of us working in Rigby is Rigby, there's great people and strong, and it's a strong community that, uh, that really they will they'll pull together from this and, and they will move forward. And, and really, my prayers also go to the family of the shooter. I know um, she has been struggling and, all, and also we got to look at it like we are we – we, we live in a world that at times we just judge before we speak. This is, this is an opportunity to be like, you know what? Let's be compassionate. Let's forgive one another, move forward, and how we can learn from these experiences. No, I agree, Alan. And thanks for uh, starting off our podcast episode with that today. It is very uh, timely and well-deserved. Um, you know, we... We've talked about shootings before um, and our thoughts on it. You know, Alan, you're right. We we do need to, when it, the time comes, and we all go through our own process of this, but when the time comes, seek forgiveness is the key. Um, a community is hurt. I work in that community. I have family in that community. Um, I kind of, I like to say I kind of grew up there with how often I would spend my summers there. Um so like it 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 tears you apart and uh, things. I I, th- I always say things happen for a reason. Um, we might not know why this happened for a long time, um, and we may never truly know why that this little this girl made this just that decision for that particular day. But we do need to recognize that things happen, and there's usually reason for it. Um, something that stood out as I was reading the articles covering this is someone was quoted as saying, uh, essentially, my mom would always tell me, or it was either his mom or grandma, and he said, this person would always tell me that when there's terrible things happening, look for the helpers, and you will find that people are always there to help. And that stood out to me, and it's really touched me as when you go through hard times, we sometimes forget that we can seek help and we can get help we need. And yesterday, after I read that quote, seeing the amount of people that were there, not only handing out water, but giving the students pizza, just listening to them as they were obviously terrified of what just happened and, you know, scared. Um, parents from all over were coming in to help. You know, they, there was just an outpouring of help and love in that community that is it's honestly touching to see despite the circumstances so alan 
our listeners know our thoughts on this. Um, change does need to happen. I will make that my stance on that clear again. I don't know how change is supposed to happen. I'm not a policymaker, but change does need to happen. This has got to stop. And being in from Colorado, where one of the first massive school shootings took place back in the 90s of Columbine, this t- hits home a bit different for me, even though I wasn't even... I was very young when that happened, so I don't even really remember it, but the way it still affects Colorado is still there. So everyone call, call for change. Talk to your Congress people, let them know you want change to happen, but make sure it's a positive change. And, you know, we won't get into the politics of this conversation. Um, That's not what we're here for. We're here to kind of eventually when we're timing is right, we'll go into some history and some have some a fun uh, hockey discussion but until then this is what needed to be said and this was important to discuss yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more with that and let's move forward each day and let's let's keep keep ourselves positive and know that there's always help there's always someone and a lot of people that will want to do that so with that being said um Let's get right to it into one of the promote one of the one of the topics that we've been promoting for for several weeks or several months, however you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Um, and there's no easy transition into from the the topic we were just discussing into this one. But as Alan said, we're moving forward, and you know, if you guys want to further this discussion. reach out to us on social media. We have a, we have a discord channel set up where we can talk one-on-one with people. Our social media outlets are always there to reach us directly and discuss that as well. So we're moving forward with talking about some hockey and some uh, history, but uh, until then, yeah, just know we're, we're here if you guys need someone to talk to. Uh, but yeah, Alan, we've been promoting this episode for quite a while. Um, I've been really wanting to do this one. Um, For many of our listeners, they might not know, but I lived in Sweden for a couple years and hockey, um, winter sports and soccer are very big there. And hockey is a big one. And as there's a lot of Swedish men in in the NHL, uh, I thought it'd be a fun discussion to go through and talk about how that all started. We kind of mentioned when we did the Miracle on Ice, the first Soviet player in the NHL and what that kind of did. And we'll go over that again when the time comes. But I thought it'd be kind of fun to revisit a a fun time in my life where I lived in Sweden for a couple of years and learned the language and interacted with a lot of Swedish people. Um, But yeah, so today you might have heard us talk about this before. We're going to be talking about Ulf Stenner. He uh, was the first hockey player I believe the first European as well from things I was reading uh, to even make it into the NHL and make an impact. And we're going to be talking about that today, Alan. Uh, So yeah, when we, when I think when, before we get too far into the Ulfstener talk, what are some Swedes that you can think of in the NHL currently? Uh, I don't know. Currently the only one I, I was very familiar with and just because was uh Nick, Nicholas Lindstrom mm. just because like um we correct me if I'm wrong uh we had to see him like uh, being watching the penguins um 
he was there for the Red Wings. Like he was the mm-hmm. one guy that was just constant, um, made plays that um, you never at times you would never see on the stat on the stats. But they're plays that were critical for that Red Wings um, dynasty team at the time. So he's probably one that stood out to me just because like how he played and how he how he competed during that time. Yeah. Um... Eric Lind- Nicholas Lindstrom, he he made an impact for that dynasty over in Detroit. Um, part of the he was part of that historic rivalry that has kind of fizzled out since. But man, was that some great times! Also, on the other side of that rivalry, we had Peter Forsberg, um, more uh, lovingly known as Foppa to many of those who are in Sweden. Uh, he has his own television show now that he has i guess where they do his they go through sites i think and they just it's like a comedy his history show i think mm, okay but he he's on tv now over in uh sweden and yeah so and you know folpa is at least in part from in parts of sweden that i remember he was on commercials he had his own commercial posters that you would see advertisements it, it, they they embrace them they love their swedish hockey players over there which makes sense as you know they they wear uh the red and white with and the tire for with the wing for the red wings they wear you know avalanche colors they wear predators they wear all sorts of jerseys over here in the nhl but they also are representing the tria kronor uh the swedish national team they represent sweden their culture and it's it's just fun to see so uh, currently we have quite a lot of players uh, from Sweden. Uh, the captain of the Avalanche, Gabriel Landeskog, is from Sweden. Um, there's so many that I can't re- name. Like I think there's another Forsberg on the Nashville Predators right now. Um, there, there's quite a bit of Swedish players, and it's all stemming from Ulstener. So, uh, Alan, let's get right into it. So, uh, where do you want to start with uh, Mr. Stena here? Well, uh, it's interesting watching, uh, reading his biography, like how, like, you, we also have to look into a context of, like, Sweden, the, the environment. Uh, Sweden, that how, because how hockey was, became the perfect sport for Sweden, just because... If you look at the weather, you look at the how it's set up and made perfect for someone like Ulf Sterner to be like, you know what, um, I want to play this sport and maybe I could do something out of it. And and he dominated the Swedish league for for several years. Like it was just like his quickness. Uh, it was some. It was something that it was it identified with like what Swedish hockey is about. Like. He had the speed. I was all going back and forth. Like, how long can you last out on the out on the ice? And that, to me, was what stood out with with Ulf was just that he was just very good in, in pace. He was very good and really setting setting things up for his teammates and really um, showed confidence in his abilities to to become a better hockey player. Yeah, and, you know, he, as you mentioned, you know, Sweden has long, cold, dark winters, 
and it it gets scary sometimes <laughs> with how dark and cold it gets especially the further north you go um, but it's also very beautiful in its own right during that time um, but yeah so it, it's amazing like you said on it it really these winter sports of bandi um, are very popular hockey is very popular um, with one of the best teams being from a small town up north called Shaleftio. Uh and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah so there, there's a great following for hockey and it's well loved up there and Wolf certainly made his impact and constantly, as you said, wanted to be better and better. And NHL scouts over in the America game, they noticed and they wanted to give him a shot. So that's what they did. And just look at the impact that has had. Yeah, I do agree. But also, um, if you remember um, something that Wolf wasn't used to, and I think this wasn't, you didn't see this in Swedish hockey was the physicality of it um mm. that i think that was even the, even though like he is, was a heck of a player um just that physicality like where you couldn't hit you couldn't um like do any of that you just focus on pace um that um that i wouldn't say it slowed him down but it kind of stopped him from moving forward but i believe him being there showed a great impact that the Swedish Hockey Federation, I, I think it was them, correct me if I'm wrong, they saw like, wait a minute, we sent our best player there and he doesn't, he has not had success. He ended up going back, but the officials there in Sweden, they were like, wait a minute, we have to make the change. Let's allow physical play to come in. And that's where these you have these Swedish players, or I would even say uh, Scandinavia in general, would mm. be like, okay, I can go. I can go to the one of the top leagues in in hockey in the NHL and be physical, but also bring my own style of of play that will be emulated not just for Scandinavians like Swedish, Finland, Norway, but Canadians. Um, Americans, uh, even even Russians as well. Like mm. I can emulate that and add every component of the game. Yeah, and unfortunately, because he wasn't used to the physicality of uh, the North North American game in the NHL, um, for a long time there was this negative stereotype that many Europeans couldn't handle the game. They were considered so soft softer in the rounds of hockey um and that wouldn't be it took a lot of europeans hard work and a lot of uh showcases that no we got this like it just took us a minute to adjust and honestly some of the hardest hitting players are from scandinavia now um they're not afraid to get in the fight and tussle and show show you what's up um, yeah like yeah, i know I yeah I that. it's kind of like I would compare this to basketball, how when um, we, we talked about in our episode about Vlada Divac, uh, when he came in, being the first guy from uh, post-Soviet Union to come in, and he, or Yugoslavia, physicality, didn't, um, said, oh, 
he's like the typical European player, not physical. Well, New Year's on, he became physical. Like, you just need to tell him once, and he got it, and he became physical. And now you see European players in basketball, they're tough, but they also bring that grace and that influence that allowed the game to grow. And you, you said the same thing with hockey. Like, yes, the hardest hitters are from Scandinavia, and I've, I've been amazed by that. It shows how much they're willing to adapt to the North American style, but also how much the North American style adapts to the Scandinavian style. Yeah. And, you know, thanks to, we'll, we'll put links to some of our favorite articles about Ulstener in this uh, podcast description. If you guys want to learn more about him, I think that's something we might've done for, should have done with some of our basketball ones, but you know, uh, he, uh, in an article published in 2011 on by uh, Mr. John Kreiser, he mentions how the same stereotype that I I was talking about and how um, it wasn't until 1969 that the International Ice Hockey Federation's decision was to adopt NHL rules for body checking all over the ice, um, it, which was what cleared Swedish talent to hit North America. And... Uh, one of the first Swedish players to go after was uh, Abelia Salming, who probably, yeah. as uh, Mr. Crazer, uh, sorry if I'm saying his name wrong to uh, those who know him, but he mentions he he was a trailblazer. He quote, direct quote says Salming was a trailblazer. He probably did more than any other player to dispel the myth that Swedes weren't tough enough to play in the NHL. Um, and so, you know, like hockey is hockey and while the there's different rules and different players or different game like different leagues across the world like it it does show just how much of an impact Swedes have had on the game yeah I do um that is that's very very true um really just looking at them just because like when thinking about it when I first um thought of Sweden, all I could think of was just like, okay, it's cold and probably Yabba. <laughs> that's it. Seriously, that's it. Before you knew me, right? <laughs> no, I knew about Abba before I knew you, but um, <laughs> I knew about that, but seriously, but then watching the Winter Olympics in Sweden play, I was like, man, they're pretty good. Like, And learning about that, it just shows like, like I mentioned, like when you bring a certain style from a different place at first they'll be like ah you gotta adapt to us then we'll adapt to you well that's exactly what what happened like Mm. once like once he came in came in to adapt what to adapt to the north american hockey then they saw okay you know what scandinavian hockey you 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 adapted to us okay now we're going to adapt to you. How how should we play that game? What skills do they need? What um, abilities? Like what, if, what kind of personality you have to have in order to play that type of style? And both sides win. I know you always say, no, you got to play this way. No, you got to play that way. But when, you, when there's a way to incorporate both, and there is, when you incorporate, incorporate both styles of play in hockey or in any sport, you're going to find success because there's 
always an ability to open the mind of a coach or of a player or even a scout and say, okay, you bring him in, he plays like this, you're, you're going to need him when it matters. And it shows wonders why Sterner, though he played only a couple a season in the NHL, it opened the door to show, hey, we have like uh, uh, we have to do a better job in adapting to the North American style, and then later they will adapt to us as well. Yeah, and it it does go both ways because now we can look at it and we can see just the how much of an impact this game this Swedes in the game has had. Um, I was looking at just out of curiosity today as we're recording, I was looking at uh, how many Swedes are in the league currently um, percentage wise. And I don't, I'll, I'll keep looking into it, but uh, on an article written by Wayne Jones on hockeyanswer.com, he, he mentions how back at least three years ago in 2019, nine, almost 10% of the NHL was Swedish and, it's all because of Ulf Stenner and the impact that he had on the NHL because it, it paved way for some, some of hockey's greatest players of all time. Um, Foppa, Petr Forsberg, uh, Nicolas Lindström, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Landa Skog, as I've mentioned, he's the captain of my favorite team and I've mentioned him quite a bit on this show. <laughs> uh, but you know, that that's probably because uh yeah, I'm an Avs fan, loud and proud. Um, for Tampa Bay Lightning, they got quite a few Swedes and Scandinavians on that team. Defenseman Nicholas Hedman, he is from he's from Sweden, um, and so there there's all sorts of Swedes in the league right now, and they're making an impact even today. And I would say that's probably we like to talk about legacies of these players, and main legacy for me with Ulstener is look at what he's done. He might, and Belia Salming, these trailblazers that paved the way um, for Swedes to have the impact on the NHL that we know and love today. Uh, it wouldn't be the same without these players, for sure. Yes, it, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be the impact that they've made if it wasn't for 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 Osterner. What's the other guy's name again? I I've, I've read it, but I can't pronounce it well. Uh. The only one that I I would have to look up the Swedish spelling. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. But it's pro- my guess would be Bilya Salming. Um, okay. Let me uh, Google yeah. search it real quick. Okay, that, that's good. But any that's awesome. Um, do that well. I well I was saying that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But without, yeah. Without that impact. Um, we probably Sweden would have been in the hockey map, big time. They, and we would have not talked about them if it wasn't for them. And it really showed that Sweden can do more, like than just being in the cold and bring other artistic, but it can also compete in the sporting world. And that shows a lot of, um, a lot of pride, a lot of Swedish pride, a lot of uh, pride that you know what we can. We can succeed, we can adapt, and we can go forward no matter where we play in in, ho- in the hockey world. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to rebuttal something you mentioned with not talking about Swedes and hockey. Like the Swedish hockey national team was a powerhouse the same time that the Soviet unions were a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Like they, and in fact, as we t- were talking about the miracle on ice, I want to say that the silver medalist might have been Sweden or Finland, one of the two. It was Finland. Okay, but the, yeah, so they had to, uh, but they had to face Sweden along the way, and Sweden gave them trouble. Um, and Sweden, the Tria Koralnor has a proud history of being rebel pretty uh, strong in the international competitions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'd probably still be talking about Sweden in hockey, but maybe not, I would phrase it to maybe not in the same light that we do today. Um, yeah. That's probably what I would, what I would say, because we would still talk about them, but not in the same way. Um, I think Ulfstener, Berja Salming, uh, and all these Swedes, Swedish players that we talk about, they, uh, have made quite the impact on the league and have become some of our all-time favorite players and some of the all-time greats in the game of hockey. So, yeah, I I absolutely do agree. Um, even though, like, I don't know what else to say about Ulf Sterner, but really, what he did, like, it just shows. You see the impact today, and I think you're gonna. I do truly believe you're gonna see it for a long time. More Swedes are gonna. Be like, okay, like, I want to go to the NHL. I want to play, and I know I can contribute. And it's not just Ulf. It's also uh, Lindstrom uh, and the rest of the players that that we meant that are being mentioned. Um, they're going to want to do that because there's, there's always going to be a trailblazer in one way or another, and it's up to them that you could show, give them a pass to show that, hey, go here. I've done it. I've succeeded. You can too. Yeah. And, you know, I think without Ulf, we wouldn't have the game of hockey that we have today. I think it would be very different and might not be as fun to watch. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Did you but, ever play hockey while you were, while you were in Sweden? Uh, no. So while I was in Sweden, we played an indoor version of another popular game called Bondi. Um, for our American listeners and well, those that don't know, uh, Bondi is essentially hockey without the hits. Um, that's how it was described to me. And that's kind of how it's played in my experience. Um, instead of a puck, you could play with this bright ball, rubber ball, kind of like, uh, street hockey. Um, and uh, you try and get it in the net and score, and you have it's kind of like five on five, and you just go and have fun. So uh, yeah, so I never played hockey while I was there. Um, they probably wouldn't let me anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially never having played beforehand. Um, that might have been pretty bad, <laughs> but I did play uh, indoor bondi. Um, one thing I think that would be really fun to get into is once, and this is a little preview series that, or of a series that may or may not happen. Well, it's kind of in the woodworks, but I think it'd be fun to go through and talk about lesser known sports from around the world that we, we, we find out about and enjoy. Um, 
So if that's something you guys as listeners would want, uh, find us on our social media and reach out. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, we will. And we'll, we'll listen to your, to your requests, to your questions, concerns, jokes. We will listen to them and we'll, we'll, put them, we'll, we'll try to get them on the air as, as many as, as it's possible. Yeah. And uh, it'll, it'll be fun to talk about all these. So, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it. We're kind of wrapping it up. Uh, we just want to give a big thanks to the Wolf Stannard and everything he did to come into the NHL and have the impact he had. Um, being the first of your country to come into a game that is very different than the game you've, you're used to playing is can be challenging. But he did it quite well. And though he only had at least one season in the NHL and kind of left, he, he paved the way for a lot of the players we know and love today. So uh, he's probably long gone by now, but we just want to, you know, if he has relatives that happen to listen to this, we just want to say thanks to him. Uh, he's made yeah. the game of hockey something we can really enjoy. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And, and really, it will continue forward. It will. Now, uh, as we wrap up, we just want to do one more shameless plug. Go find us on our social media, Pineapple22Media. Uh, we're on all your platforms now. We, we've started Twitter. Uh, not very many posts on there yet as we try to figure out. That's at Pineapple22MED on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, so find us on our social medias. Reach out to us at Gmail, Pineapple22Media Gmail. Let us know what. You, your thoughts are on with this episode we have merch stores links to that is in our bio uh, we have patreon set up as mentioned we have a discord um so yeah just reach out to us and we can and help support us and move forward you guys have done amazing things for us and we love to keep bringing you this kind of content every week so uh we have an episode that i we have quite a backlog an episode or two of backlog that is being edited and will soon be released as we're recording this so uh stay tuned for that and uh, congrats to uh, Manchester City on making their first uh, finals appearance in the Champions League. Yeah, congratulations to them. Congratulations to Chelsea, who are in their third Champions League final. We will preview that in a couple weeks. So stay tuned. I wish we could, we could preview in Istanbul, or should I say London, as they're thinking about moving it. But we'll have, we're going to have to preview from our homes. Hopefully next year or two years from now, uh, we'll get to preview from, I don't know, Italy or Spain. We don't know. Hopefully, COVID die, can die down in Europe so that way we can have that opportunity to preview the Champions League final from whatever stadium it will be played and and go from there. So stay tuned for that for that preview. It will be coming around. Give it two weeks, two weeks and. We'll just go from there. Anything else that uh, we that the, our audience should look forward to? Uh, no, Alan. Why don't you preview preview them into what we're uh, going to be recording next? Okay, coming up, um, we will be previewing. We will be talking. We'll be going to our rivalries series. Uh, we will be talking about the Manchester Derby between Manchester United and Manchester City. The impact that it has in England and all over the world, and also how um, today is being viewed. And we'll, we'll dissect it. We probably will debate it. 
So just get ready and enjoy the ride. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're uh, signing off from this episode. Once again, thanks to Ulf Stenner and any of his family that happens to listen to this. Uh, thanks for making hockey a better game. And uh, we'll see you next time. Until next time.